1: Of flame, the hottest podcast on the internet. Holy shit. That was, um,
0: that was intense. Wasn't that intense? Did you think that was intense? We have some green screen issues today, don't we? Yes, we do. Look at those women in the background. (laughs) That mom is tough. All right, we got to have one thought at a time, though in order to have a successful show. Um, I can try different glasses today. Well, you know, okay, so those are okay. And these are my Buggles glasses. Let's see. Which one do I like better? I'll go back to the other ones. I can't find my normal glasses, which do a great job of hiding the bags under my eyes. Um, these, however, expose every single, like, Lipid ridge. <laughs> I mean, this is what's going on here today. You know who I can blame? Right here. Where is he? This guy. Look at him. Look at him. Yes, you're being blamed. But he knows it too. He's got that guilty as fuck look on his face. So sometime just you know, that moment you're just just falling asleep. You're on the elevator down. You're like, uh, and then all of a sudden, some shit happens. So I have these big ceramic tiles and I used to use them at my last place because I had one of those countertops where if you put something hot on the countertop like you could fuck it up like a pot or a you know tea kettle so I bought a couple of these big ceramic tiles so I can put them on the on the uh, countertop and then put that thing on it and then not completely ruin the countertop I don't really need them now because I don't have that kind of countertop here, but they're still around. And they're heavy. They're not like tiles. And so I fed them earlier on in the night, but all of a sudden, I'm in bed. I didn't hear it. I heard a little, meow,
1: meow, meow. And um,
0: then I fell asleep. I'm, I'm on the elevator down. And then I just hear this, and I, I'd had the TV on too, and I was watching this guy who's—he's a very funny guy called um, Bald and Bankrupt. He's this English dude who travels all over the world. He's hilarious, and I was watching his video on <laughs> Vietnam, and he and his buddy took a—they took a little side trip to Laos, and it, it, it was fucking hilarious. Anyway, um, I fell asleep during that. It morphed into some other, you know, how YouTube fires up another video. It morphed into some other Cambodian or Vietnamese video. I don't know what the fuck it was. I was. I didn't know what it was until, of course, I hear this shatter and clash. And I think it's part of the video, right? That's, that's, how, that's how down I was in the sleep. And then all of a sudden, I realized, oh, shit, it's not the video. It's the asshole in the kitchen. He just knocked off one of these big ceramic tiles. And I don't know how he did it. Because the other thing that was there was his food dish, which was empty. and was, It was like one of these prison protests, you know, like Attica. For those of you too young to remember, Attica was a big deal back in the 70s. And and I get up this morning, and there it is. It's on the ground. I don't know how he did it. These things are not light. That took a almost a superhuman act of will in order to do that. Anyway, fucked up my sleep. <sighs> if I had my old, son, my old glasses, it would disguise the bags a little bit. Anyway, how about that Greg Lake song? Wow. That's like probably one of the most cynical Christmas songs I've ever fucking heard. And uh, that's from 1975 and was remastered the sound is incredible on the headphones holy smokes really incredible and it's oddly redemptive although i think at the end was that an israeli soldier at the end i don't know we're going to call him maybe be palestinian or something or we'll, we'll, we'll go down that that path um But it's a really, it's a very cynical song. And I started to tear up a little bit because this is going to be, I think, a really hard Christmas for a lot of people. And um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that there are people who were in their life a year ago and two years ago, and they're not here anymore, you know, because certain people have decided or decided somewhere along the way that they were going to enforce a remedy to a thing that while whatever it was and may still be in its current uh, mutation and incarnation, clearly the measures that were adopted in order to combat the thing were egregious and over the top and responsible for for the deaths of millions of people. Let's Let's just lay it out the way it is. And so, there are going to be people this year who will not be able to experience the company of their loved ones who, for whatever reason, decided that they were going to inject the propaganda. And it's going to be sad for a lot of people. And there are still people who have not recovered from the Great Schism. And we're going to call 2020 the Great Schism because that's what it was. That's when it, everything got divided through COVID through um, George Floyd, the revolution, the overthrow of the government. It all happened. Then that was the great schism. So that song actually brought some of that up for me. It's like, wow. Now I have had an aunt whom I was, I wasn't really close to her, but taken out in the hospital, her daughter put in a medically induced coma taken out in the hospital. So I knew people um, who did not make it. So this is the first wave. It's like a layer. They just took off the top layer and there's other layers beneath it now. So for anybody who out there, who has lost somebody or metaphorically lost somebody and you have to spend this holiday season without them, um, find somebody you like. Find somebody you like and spend it with them, even if it's only for a few moments. Now, I could rent Jasper out. I'd be happy to rent Jasper out. If I could, I would. He would He would be a good Christmas buddy to hang out with, as long as he's not being a bad cat. You were a bad cat last night. Look at him. He doesn't give a fuck now. He's like, yeah, so what? I'm on TV. I don't care. Greg Blake, one of the more underrated musicians, I believe, of the 1970s, and we can kind of roll him a bit into the 80s, uh, got his start, of course, with King Crimson in a beautiful song, in the Court of the Crimson King, 21st Century Schizoid Man. Just great stuff. And then he hooks up with Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. He was always my favorite member of the trio. Keith Emerson, the rock Moninoff of prog rock. It's for all of you out there who don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, go watch a video. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. I suggest California Jam 1, not 2 where Emerson Lake Palmer performed live at the height of their powers when Keith Emerson would be strapped in to his keyboard and taken up in the air and spun around while he
1: noodled away.
0: A Dynamic force, but Emerson Lake Palmer brings up everything that I love and hate about prog rock. Because there are some things about prog rock I love And some I hate. I like prog rock when it's in about a five minute song, maybe max, right? It's like, let's, let's put a, let's put a frame around it. Like the best prog rock record of all time, hands down, bar none is Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Why? Because it's all song structures that fit within a certain boundary. doesn't mean they don't like long songs. There are some Genesis songs, from that genre, I love Close to the Edge by Yes. But it never goes into just like, you know, needless fucking noodling, which I think a lot of prog rock does. It's excessive. And Emerson, like a Palmer would go into that territory. But when they were tight, Still You Turn Me On, uh, you know, Lucky Man, uh, Carnival Nine. Those are really great tracks. I have the same issues in some ways as I, with prog rock as I do with New Metal because I felt like new metal did not have any, like, groove. There's there no groove in new metal. That's why I don't really dig bands like Iron Maiden. Uh, Def Leppard has some groove to them, but nobody, they're kind of like, you know, the Osmonds or new metal or something. I don't think Def Leppard gets a lot of respect because of Mutt Lang and the hits, and, you know, they were like a boy band that could play metal in a lot of ways. But that's where new metal lost me. It was like, No groove. Now you get into the band Living Color, boy, you get some new metal, you get some groove. But even they fucked it up. Can you see that I'm in a generous mood today? I'm spreading it all around. Got a great show in store for you. We're going to look at bitch forks and torches. There's a lot going on back in before we started off with this whole Um mars retrograde thing i said pitchforks and torches and boy it's starting to really happen and we're going to get into um yair roth a little bit today and the pitchfork and torches event that happened at his house last night but before we do we got a few orders of business to take care of first of all is look at this it's the moon dust CBGA, 3,000 milligrams of clarity. Look at that jar. Beautiful jar. And inside, we have the otherworldly blue hue. Can you see a little bit there? That's what it looks like. You've never seen the moon dust. That's what it looks like. It's actually blue. Very cool. Very, very cool stuff. I wanted to show this to you today. And just how... um, yeah, the cap works, trust me. Just how nice this bottle is. Nice packaging. This is the stuff right here and I had I had a nice little uh, spoonful, not a spoonful, but I'd say an adult dose of moon dust today in my coffee. And if you like moon dust or you're interested in moon dust, guess where you can go to find out more? You can go over to True Hemp Science and I don't know of any other um, company that indulges in, in hemp or CBD or CBGA does moon dust. I could be wrong, but you know, it's, it's kind of, you know what, you know what connecting with uh, true hemp science is like, it's like finding your soulmate. I don't need to go try any other CBD. It's like, why do I need to go over here? Why do we, I got it all here. So I'm in a monogamous relationship with true hemp science and it just keeps getting better and better and better, which is really the true definition of monogamy in a good relationship. It just keeps getting better and better and better. It's like, ah, wow. You're so cool. Oh yeah. You're cool too. And yeah, we have, enjoy doing these things together and we have great sex and, you know, sometimes we don't even have to have sex and, you know, we can just hang out and yeah, we're not always going to be seeing eye to eye, but when we don't, you know, we talk through it, we laugh, you know, we respect each other. I mean, it just keeps getting better and better. At least that's what they tell me. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's true. It's true. I can, I can attest to that. Um, so, if you go to True Hemp Science forward slash ref forward slash 23, spend $100 or more, you get some free product. You spend $150 or more, and you get free shipping. And uh, the True Hemp Science stuff makes great gifts. My buddy Tom, God bless you, Tom. Thank you so much. He cares about me and my sleep and my rest so much. He doubled up. He sent me some gummies. So I'm gummied up. Thank you, Tom, for doing that. And uh, so what does that mean? It means it can make a really good gift. You can have it sent out to people. I'm not sure Chris is going to wrap it in uh, Christmas wrapping. But it'll get there. So I don't know if Chris is doing bundles yet. Maybe he will buy next week. I run the guy ragged. I'm like, hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? He's like, going in 10 directions because he's just trying to keep up with his growth curve. Anyway, true hem science, check it out check out the moon dust. It's a marvelous night for a moon dust. All right, let's see what's going on in Taria. Who do we got? There's my my brother, DJMC. Where is everyone? You were early. You clocked in at 859. There's Ryan. What's going on, brother Ryan? The president of the international. The International Introspective Woodworkers Union of the World. The IIWW. actually should be I I W U W. The IWU. President of IWU. Speaking of Tom, there he is. Morning, TJ. Thank you for the gummies. A mighty fine addition. To my medicine cabinet. Um, I didn't do Discord last night. I'm sorry. I apologize. You know why? I fucking fell asleep, which is why I went to bed early. I'm sitting there, I'm on the couch, made myself a nice little dinner, and then you know, cue up Pat Travers. Boom, boom, out go the lights. It's nine o'clock and I fucking missed the Discord window. I'm sorry. And I won't do it tonight, and I can't do it tomorrow. Tonight, we got uh, my astrological son, Dr. Narco Longo. I'll be on his show. And then tomorrow, with the great Giuseppe Fafanculo. So, we got back-to-back. And then, I guess today, a new show with uh, my new friend, Olga Perez. I'm very excited about that. Very, very excited. And you know, I guess David is getting married. Yeah, he proposed to um, Sof- Sophia.
1: Yeah, big changes in David Palmer's life.
0: Baby, marriage. Wow, what's next? A dog? He gets a dog. You know, it's you know he's hundred percent in.
1: Hundred percent. I mean, he's already hundred percent in, but. Man.
0: Big changes in the in the life of the Leo King. Expecting a Leo Cup. Very cool. Congratulations, David. I haven't told you. And I know you're you're probably asleep right now and you don't check in and watch this show, but that's okay. Congratulations. See you and Sophia on all fronts. All right, let's see who else we have. Um JJ, what's happening, Miss Rain de Blanc? Good to see you. Looking forward to my little Christmas gift, which is not for me. PMSO, double L-C, that is Janine. Good morning, everyone. Holy mother of God, it's a deep freeze here in Arizona. I listened to Robert's show yesterday, gathering wood for the fireplace. Stay warm, Janine. There's Hucklebuck411. Good day to you. What's happening, Huck? Cappy Carrie, Cappy Carrie, Cappy, Carrie, Cappy, 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 I got to get at you. I'm going to send you a text today. Double B, Beth Berry, checking in. What's going on, Beth? Wendy says, the beautiful one, the beautiful one. Here's Sony, the classy one. Steve, you're on my list today as well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to you. Good morning to you. Man, Thor at the door. Steve, the Wonder Thunder Cat Mercer. Well, There's Maurice 100. Good morning. All raining. Pretty good here right now. Kelly B. Bubble glasses for the win. In my opinion. Laugh out loud. Morning, for- Hi, Kelly B. Good to see you. He had that guilty fucking cat look, didn't he? He did. And then I brought him back on and he was like, different. He's like, I don't give a fuck now. You saw that. You saw that with him, didn't you? You, you get it, Michael. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? A lot of hellos in here. Lyle. So Grant Wall's wife, Dr. Celine Gounder, who specializes in infectious disease and in global health, is on CBS dispelling rumors about his death. That's That thing is really weird. The Grant Wall thing is really weird. I watched his brother and his brother didn't shed one fucking tear now maybe his brother had emptied the tear ducts i don't the whole thing is weird 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 but does does that is is that out of line for the times we're in right now boy i got some weird for you today good to see you
1: lyle i think lyle make a good guest all right who else do we have here Catherine kramer
0: What's going on, Double K? We'll call Catherine Kramer, Special K. That'll be her new nickname. Wendy is the beautiful one. Sony's the classy one. And Catherine is Special K. What are we going to call Kelly? Kelly? Kelly needs a moniker.
1: Um, I have to come up with
0: it. It'll come to me. I just, I can't force a name. Uh, JJ says, I lost three people in the first year from... Yes. A lot of of people. Jasper needs a Santa hat. I was thinking the same thing, Tom. Absolutely. Epitaph is a great song by King Crimson. Again, a band that I kind of like and a band that I don't always like. It's like prog rock. There's some prog rock. Some of it is so good. And then some of it is just... A lot of it is just drack. It's like... Yeah, like overplaying all these different time signatures, noodling. It's like, you know, chop it up, clean
1: it up, streamline it. You know what I'm saying? Say no to excessive noodling. Absolutely. I agree.
0: Tamara's here. What's going on, Scrubs? Good to see you. There's good noodling and boring noodling. I would agree with that. Again, I'm gonna, I'll bring it up close to the edge by yes. Like, that is one of the most tremendous pieces of music of the 20th century. It just, that's, I never get tired of listening to that tune. And I remember the first time I bought that record. You know, I was, like, I was one of those guys who would buy records based on the album cover, like a lot of people did. They were smart. They were not dumb. Get a cool fucking album cover and people will buy I want to see it's inside. I did that. Uriah Heap, Demons and Wizards. I'm looking at the album cover like, this is cool. What does it sound like? I like it. It rocks. Excellent. Uh, I remember exactly where it was when I bought Close to the Edge. It was a music store in Milpitas, California. And um, it was, <laughs> I'm having a bad thought from the guy who ran the store i used to take karate with him i won't share it here anyway um that was many years that was years later but i would go to a store his name, was, his name was pepper pepper owned the music store. he played they did lessons uh so they they would sell this is back in the day they they had in a music store you could buy instruments and you could get records it was like two and one So I bought Yes, Close to the Edge. I looked at the album cover. I don't know what this sounds like, but I sure like the album cover. And I put it on. I'm like, holy shit. That record changed my life. The whole record, but that song Close to the Edge changed my life. I felt like I was in heaven when I listened to that song. So good. I'll tell you another record that I bought just based on the cover that did not disappoint and that was um Todd Roberts utopia with the eye in the center and all the geometric shapes i listened to that thing and i'm like ah oh, this is incredible birds of fire mahavishnu orchestra I, you know how old was I? I was graduating from junior high school and uh, my father bought me a little 8 track stereo for my graduation gift so go ahead get get four a tracks like, okay, I got a couple I knew and a couple I didn't know. And one of them was Birds of Fire, Mahavishnu. put it on, stuck the headphones on. I'm like, what the hell is this? This is great. But then every now and then you you'd get a, a record, what you would think would be really cool based on the album cover. And then you just want to stick your finger down your throat. Fran, having some computer issues, computer issues are or, or better than other issues most of the time, although sometimes they can be challenging. Tondar is here. Uh-oh. Baby's been a poop monster
1: since uh, fresh fruits have been introduced.
0: Yes, Kerrville was a catalyst for David, wasn't it? I planned it that way. I masterminded the whole thing. That was that was all part of the great plan. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Let's see who else do we have here? Vika, what's going on, Lynn?
0: If anybody watched the Ellen show, the DJ and sidekick uh, is dead at 40 by suicide. Oh, I never watched Ellen.
1: I, I gave up on TV a long time ago. Um, even back in the Ellen days,
0: like I was a, well, here, let me just uh, reframe this. I still watch YouTube. Um, but like network programming, I think I stopped in the eighties. I stopped in the eighties. And then there were times where I didn't even own a TV. Seriously. I didn't even own a TV. Like a long time and then did i get back into it now the 90s i was really going to the video store just renting a lot of independent movies foreign movies shit like that um what else tv wise i think there is a little bit of a run in the 90s where i watched the x-files
1: that I made an exception for the X Finals.
0: And then maybe some Netflix and HBO stuff later on, but I just I just gave up on TV. I couldn't I couldn't deal with it. Uh Chad says Frank Zappa has one of the coolest guitar solos. And I find him to be a bit unapproachable at times. Cool other I, I agree with you. Rot Robin, who is a huge Zappa devotee. That's me on to some good Zappa tracks and there's other Zappa tracks. I'm just like, Oh God, especially the flow and Eddie shit. I hate it. It's all these weird little inside jokes and they all think it's really fucking funny. And I'm like, it's not funny. It's only funny to you. It's not funny to me. And the doo-wop stuff. And it's like, please just, ugh. Later on, he gets into more like fusion-y shit, which I really like. All right. Who else do we have? by the way, no offense, Rob, you're a great guy. And I really like a lot of your music you send to me. Twitch is dead, is it? Pam says, uh, or Jeanine says, I do not have a TV. I took them out of my home in 1998. Um, User 13, I don't own a TV. Everything I want to see is online anyway. Well, so I have TVs, but then I just hook them up to Roku.
1: That's it. Oh, right, Tandar is getting a little TMI there. These women look mean. <laughs> oh my God. SP Dimples. We got an SP Dimple sliding. Hey, SP. Welcome. Did I did I skip over SP? There she is.
0: Love Robert's aesthetic. Thank you, SP. Okay, let's look at the background. The mom looks like she could kick your ass. You did that's a woman
1: capable of cold rage. Cold rage. Don't give her the wrong fucking Christmas gift.
0: The daughter, the daughter's a little more slightly redemptive, although she probably has a little bit of an SM side to her. Um, not pretty attractive woman. In her own right. The daughter, mom. This family. You know what this family reminds me of. This family reminds me of a family from Texas. There's a flock
1: tree. Remember the flock tree?
0: Do they still flock trees, or is that environmentally unsafe? I used to love the flock tree especially the colored flock tree. So there was a time when I was, uh, I think it was around seven. And it was Christmas. So it'd be December, 1967. And of course you get up and you do all your gifts and everything. And where I lived um, was San Bruno, California, which is same as the, the, the shares the same airspace as the San Francisco international airport. We could actually hear, like, the calls at night on the uh, uh, PA. I thought it was cool. I was like, man, there's a world going on out there. There's a big world going on out there. So we had this block. It, it was the block. This, is again, this is one very different time. It was like this weird kind of transition from, like, the, you know, late 50s, early 60s. Things weren't all developed out at that point in California, like they are now. So the end of the block where I lived, which ran on uh, El Camino Real, uh, was the foundation of a house that had been there. It was like a kind of big, empty lot. It was, it, it looked like it had been in a war or something. And during the holidays, these guys would like, just occupy it. I don't even think they paid anybody any rent. They were very smart. They occupied it and they would sell Christmas trees there. So you would just, you know, they, they had Christmas tree lots. Now you go to the supermarket or Walmart, you buy your Christmas tree. They didn't really, didn't really happen back in the day. So people would just roll in there, park on El Camino, grab a true Christmas tree and go. Right. So it was Christmas Day. And I was out with my buddy and we walked down the street. So they're packing up all the trees and I asked him, I said, what are you going to do with those trees? I said, Oh, well, you know, we'll probably chop them up or whatever. I forget. And I said, yeah, can I have one? And he said, sure. <laughs> so he gave me and my buddy each a tree and I got this blue flock tree and I was so fucking happy. And I walked it all the way back to the apartment. <laughs> I walked in, we were in the second story of this apartment. I walked it up the steps and I brought it and I opened the door. I said, look what I got. (laughs) And I, I, uh, I put it in my bedroom. I'm like, I'm going to put all my gifts under my new tree. So that tree was my tree. And, uh, it was fun. A lot of fun. Now in the living room, we had a different kind of tree.
1: Let me show you the tree that we had in the living room. It's not actually the tree, but it is... Um, it's, these are such weird pictures. So we had one of those aluminum trees. You ever, did
0: you guys ever have an aluminum tree? It was so 1960s. So the aluminum tree we had, it was like... I'm going to get into some of these pictures. They're hilarious. Um, the aluminum tree didn't need any lights. Although some of these people, I think, put some lights. You used to buy, you used to buy this like, color wheel. So it was a lamp, and it had red, yellow, green, blue, and it would just rotate. So there was this ever-shifting kaleidoscope of colors on your aluminum tree. Now, when you look at the aluminum tree, it brings out a different side of women. Now, look at this woman right here. That's not an aluminum tree, but I had, to, I had to bring her up. She's fucking serious, right? She's like, you better stuff that stocking, motherfucker, and you better stuff it good. <laughs> look at her. That woman is a crazy bitch. You know, that somebody that somebody went through a lot of therapy on the back end with this woman at some point in their life. Holy shit! Look at that. All right, let's look at some of these. Uh,
1: these. It's like
0: you got the aluminum tree there. What is this? this? This could be, I, th- I think this is like a, a restaurant or something. Look
1: at her. Mid-century women enjoying a loon. It brought out a different side of the woman. For sure. Look at that. She's wearing the right Christmas color. Oh, my God. She's got the
0: silver shoes. Well, Fleetwood Mac, silver heels. Oh, Matches the tree. That looks like a stage back there, doesn't it? And they have the juke. Is that it? That's a jukebox, right?
1: Oh, my God.
0: She's a little confused, though. Like, from here on down... She's ready to play, and from here on up,
1: she's she, she looks a little angry too. You better do you better do it right there. <laughs> oh, here's another one. Look at her. It's the aluminum tree.
0: There's something about the aluminum tree that brings out the um. The suburban sex pot in these moms. Look, she's even got the, the frosted hairdo
1: to go along with the fucking tree. My father
0: used to do that to my mom. Not put her in a teddy. Um, but my father used to be a, a hairstylist. So he would frost my mother's hair.
1: It's used to smell all the chemicals and shit. Look at that. Oh, my God. Let's see some more of these. They're hilarious. Here's another one. Look at the hair in on this one. This is some sixties hair. Oh, come on continue with oh I hate that I, sometimes I hate there oh, we go she's happy it's the aluminum tree the aluminum tree does something to people especially women it's like yeah it's modern it's sexy it's aluminum here's another one The hair thing is interesting. Is this on Facebook? Oh, look.
0: I didn't go there. It's the same background. There's a whole fucking Facebook page dedicated to this shit. This is the one I wanted to look at right here. She's got the hair that matches. Look at this. She's accessorizing. She's got the hair. She's got the aluminum tree. She's got the, the... I like this woman. Good sense of humor, right? Good sense of humor. Puts on a little sexy. This is kind of weird down here. Um, but you can tell she's a good woman. You can tell this is not a woman that would cheat on you. Uh, that other woman with the red wine, no, she would cheat on your ass in a fucking heartbeat. There's a whole, there's a whole, there's a whole community
1: dedicated to this. Another one look at her.
0: We got her. Oh no, she's not aluminum. I like the red man. She's getting fancy for Christmas. This is a good time, gal. Good sense of humor. But she probably doesn't take her husband's shit. Here we go again. Accessorizing. There's the color wheel right there. (laughs) Uh oh. Hey, isn't that Carolyn Ellison? The fuck is she doing back there? In the '60s, she
1: needs to go to jail. Oh my god! Yeah, there she is. There's our gal.
0: There's our gal, Maria. We'll call her Maria. All right. Enough little memory lane. It's so funny. You know, there's there's really nothing new under the sun. Here I th- here I am. I'm thinking yeah. Let me get into this a little bit. There's a whole fucking Facebook page dedicated to it. Go figure. All right. Um, Let's talk about bitch forks and torches. Because that is the uh, title, the working title of today's show.
1: Where do I want to start? I'll save him for the end. We'll save the Yeezy for the end. Um, so, let me get this up here. I got that Greg Lake song on my head now. It's a good song. All right, let's, let's bring this up. Hold on. Sorry. Sorry. Get all these guys mixed up now. Yeah, you're Roth, you well Roth. Okay. I think I can do this on CNN. They're going to blame Elon Musk for this. Let's try do Insider. So you can see the guy, not Elon Musk. So there was this uh,
0: pervy lefty Noel Roth was reportedly forced to flee his home in the wake of threats spurred by the Twitter files and increased criticism from Elon Musk. So, this guy was very hands on with who could say what on Twitter. He's right up there with the JJ and um, Parag. What 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 do what do three what do the three of them have in common? I guess maybe you could throw even Elon Musk into this into this mix. The JJ and uh, Parag. I believe Parag. I believe Parag was actually born in India. You can hear the Indian accent. And in Parag, and then with uh, the JJ, she's definitely Indian. So that's not to say that you can't be Indian and also assimilate and be a part of the American dream, American story. But uh, there is the other side of that equation where people who are from India, sometimes they can tend to be socialist and they could be more globalist because they don't have the same kind of historical roots in cultural context that other people have. And so it's easier for them to subvert quote unquote nationalism or a national identity for a global identity. It makes sense. You know, who knows? Maybe if I was somebody like that, I would do that too. I don't know. But what I do know is that if he lived in India,
1: depending on what cast he was in,
0: his life wouldn't be as good as it was here. I guarantee you that. Guarantee you that. So America has afforded both the JJ and Rawal Peral- the ability to uh,
1: have a good life. And then for, for them to take their crap on it. This guy more excuse me more than likely a dual citizen
0: he's gay now you can be gay i don't don't give a fuck if you're gay whatever that's your thing just don't bring it into the schools and don't try to turn the kids keep it to yourself i guess you could say the same thing about so if you're gonna be a teacher be a teacher don't bring your family or your personal life into it if people ask you, kids ask you to say, you know, I'm, I'm here to be your teacher and you know, I have a, I have a family and let's just leave it at that. But no, we live in the age of social media. And everybody's got to share their fucking feelings. That's part of it. Anyway, let's get into the story. Stepped up threats of violence against former Twitter exec, Yoel Roth have forced him to flee his home. Roth has been subject to criticism amid new revelations in the Twitter files, along with personal attacks from Musk. Musk's attacks come just weeks after the billionaire defended Roth, tweeting that he had high integrity. And then he found what well, he was tweet. Then, then he found some other shit.
1: Um. Where is it?
0: So Roth called Donald Trump a racist tangerine. We've all made some questionable tweets, me more than most. But I want to be clear, I support Yoel. My sense is that he has high integrity. So the reason why he fled, and they're not even talking about this, it's this piece right here. Elon Musk smear Twitter's former head of trust and safety by baselessly claiming he supports child sexualization. Well, what is that about? Must posted a snippet of Ross' 2016 PhD dissertation from the University of Pennsylvania titled Gay Data and said, looks like Yoel is arguing in favor of children being able to access adult internet services in his PhD thesis.
1: So this is what he said. The research paper
0: is about Grinder. Oh, isn't that great? So you can do a fucking PhD thesis on grinder. What does it say about PhDs in general? It really cheapens an already questionable and dubious title and status. Now, there are some PhDs who really had to fucking work and work hard to achieve that status. When you're really in like the thick of something and you're getting beyond a master's, you're, 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 be, you're, you're being told... You have, you, you have not only mastered the subject matter, and you can teach with a master's degree, but if you want to teach at a university, you're in PhD territory, and, and you have a new title. They don't call you Master Robert or Master Jasper. Master Jasper's got kind of a nice ring, but they do call you doctor once you get the PhD. All right, let's keep going. The research paper is about Grindr, the location-based social networking app targeted LGBTQ plus people. In the excerpt, Musk posted, Roth advocated for social platforms like Grindr to become safe spaces for queer youth under the age of 18. Roth wrote that Grindr is not a safe and age-appropriate research for teenagers, but since queer youth already use it, such platforms should instead focus on crafting safety strategies Cannot accommodate a wide variety of of use cases. Musk was responding to Eliza Blue, a human trafficking survivor who had dug up the old tweet by Roth from 2010 that said, Can high school students ever meaningfully consent to sex with their teachers? Blue misconstrued the tweet and wrote, I think I may have found the problem at Elon Musk referring. So, so this explains a lot. Roth did not immediately respond to insider's request for comment about Musk accusations outside of normal working hours. So there's, okay, here we go. Roth was the most senior member of Twitter's trust and safety team after executive uh the JJ Gaddy was fired by Musk on his first day as CEO. Roth then resigned from his position in the early days of Musk's tenure and said in an op-ed for the New York Times that Twitter was actually safer under Mr. Musk than it
1: was before. So
0: what is the big deal here? Well, people apparently, again, this is, you you have to,
1: you have to go on the information that they're giving us. I didn't see any video,
0: right? But that's a pitchforks and torches moment. And people are fucking pissed. It's okay to go back into Jerry Jones's past when he was 14 years old. And there was an incident at a school in Arkansas, and he's about three rows back in the kind of the crowd area, just watching, just watching and observing. It's okay to go back that far and put him on trial in the court of public opinion and call him a racist. And by the way, that event is over. Because everybody's got the attention span of a fucking sea fly now. So we're on to the next thing. Whatever the next And This week could Skip Bayless. And Skip is racist toward Shannon.
1: But it's okay to do that with Jerry Jones. But it's not okay to do it with uh, Yoel Roth.
0: W- w- can, you, can anybody point out why there is a difference. I'll tell you why. Because it's the normalization of having same-sex relations or even non-same-sex with younger and younger people. And so that's all about normalization. And so uh, Yoel Roth is going to get a pass. Oh, oh, it was taken out of context. It was, it was 2010. He was part of a PhD thesis. That in and of itself should be highly suspect. Somebody doing a fucking PhD on grinder. You gotta be fucking kidding me. The standards of excellence and mastery have plummeted. So apparently, word got out and he and his, his partner, his lover, had to flee. They had to flee their residence.
1: Musk is stirring the pot.
0: And he, again, I'm no Elon Musk fanboy. He's doing it for whatever reason. He's vested. Here's a, here's, a, here's a piece, though, about Elon Musk that I think is worthwhile, is that Musk's, I don't, I don't know, because he had, like, uh, twins, triplets. like He had all this weird in vitro shit. One of his kids died. But he has an 18-year-old that has transitioned. And I don't think he's happy. I don't think he's playing the role of pom-pom dad. And I think this is fueling some of the animus. You go back into his chart, he's got that Saturn-moon conjunction. So his normally probably more objectified and detached way of dealing with emotional issues and crises or getting a work over that Saturn transit of the eighth house is a big fucking transit astrologically I went through a major change which I talked about um that was That was part of my Saturn opposition. Excuse me.
1: It's a moon dust up. Anyway. um, At that time. It was such an intense time.
0: I think my son was two years old. At that time. And he was just a pistol, man. He was so, by the way. I talked to my son yesterday. He be, he might be pissed, that I, I'm going to share this little snippet. In college now, girls have discovered my son. I mean, my son is a, my son is a good looking kid, good looking dude. He's tall. His mother, one of the most photogenic faces I've ever seen. Mother actually really pretty. Um. And, you know, he got whatever he got for me. So I'm talking to him last night. And I said, "Uh, we'll get get back to this other piece. Trust me here. I said, so how's it going? Oh, pretty good. You know, he's a dude, more of a man of few words than I am. But he joined this frat. I said, so uh, how's the frat going? Oh, pretty good. I got kicked out of the frat house last night? I'm like, well, did it involve alcohol or what what happened? No, I was, I was with uh, this girl and we were making out. And apparently the guy who lived at the frat house, who was also a freshman, uh, didn't like it because he was into that girl.
1: So he kicked me out. Uh,
0: I'm like, oh, okay. And he said, she's a Leo. I said, oh, really? He says, yeah, I'm using uh, astrology to pick up women. <laughs> I'm like, oh, did you tell her how, did you tell her all the wonderful things she wanted to hear about herself? He said, yeah. And so, so some of this must have rubbed off on you along, somewhere along the way. Yeah, it did. <laughs> So my kid now has weaponized astrology to pick up girls in college.
1: This, this is my legacy.
0: Anyway. But during that time, the Saturn transit, it, it, it was another kind of layer of the onion getting peeled off, right? Like more layers of the onion getting peeled. And I remember really like I had already gone through a dark phase, but this was my dark institutional phase. I was really starting to begin to go after um, these dark institutional networks or these networks that I thought were really dark. And there's like a lot of new, uh, it's like I was turning on a lot of the new age and I was already kind of out of it, but I was starting to turn on it. I started to write. Um, pieces that had to do with psychotronics and propaganda. And that was all with the Saturn transit of the eighth house. You know, it was like, here, let me drop these things that are no longer useful for me. Cause that's what happens with Saturn. You gotta, you gotta drop, right? You're going through, you're go, You're going through the underworld and you're trying to find something useful that you could take back up when you hit that ninth house transit. It's a very shamanic journey. So that's what I was going through. It was a very intense time, man. So intense. So that was part of it. So e- Elon Musk is going through that now with Saturn conjuncting his moon and dealing with things like him. Emo- so he's actually becoming probably more emotional, not less emotional. I still don't trust the guy. I mean, the whole Neuralink thing is like something I'm not into.
1: Um, but...
0: Elon Musk could quite possibly, you know, he's not alone either in this shit. You know that, right? It's not just, you know, let me think of these crazy things that I can do and become the Dr. Evil of the world. No, he's, he's working with other people. He and Peter Thiel are still thick as thieves and Peter Thiel is um,
1: a strange cat.
0: He's a libertarian. He's, you know, into life extension. He's made all this money. He doesn't want to die. He must be able to use it. So, I, Musk and Peter Thiel are having conversations. And there's probably other people in Elon Musk's inner circle that he's having conversations with. But if you, if you think about it, What could Elon Musk do? He could pose a threat to the World Economic Forum. Now, on the other side of that, Elon Musk could also create the solution to the problem reaction. The problem is the World Economic Forum. The reaction is we don't want to eat crickets and worms. The solution is Elon Musk has a better deal. And it, would that be, again, and I've, I've said this before, people don't, I mean, look, look, if they want to serve up cricket milkshakes and whatever, slime or whatever, and people will take it, they'll do it. Like, oh, you'll take it? Great. We'll do it. But if people don't want to do it and they're vehement and they push back enough, and we know these pushbacks work, at least if there are enough people. And there's, they, they, they can pump the brakes on certain things. And so, Well, let's give you a better version of that, but you're still going to get it. And that could be Elon Musk. Elon Musk could, could be, yeah, this is way, way better than that other shit. But then you're roped in anyway. So they can get you coming and going on this. But we'll play it out a little bit. Let's say the internet becomes way too controlled and centralized and all the shit that goes on with the internet or will. What if Starlink provides a different version of the internet and that you don't need the internet anymore? Well, Elon Musk has just fucked them. Theoretically, a system outside the system by the way, it's already happening. Marjorie Taylor Greene is getting internet through Starlink, according to her. I'd like to see it, but according to her. Twitter has the potential, and by this is all coming, by the way. Twitter is going to take on YouTube. You're going to be able to
1: stream on Twitter. So Elon
0: Musk is going to turn Twitter into Google. This is the platform that he and his buddies, not just him, he's not alone. This is the platform he and his buddies have been angling for, and they got it. However, they got it, whatever deals they made, they got it. So now there's a potential alternative to YouTube. Be great. It's going to be that blue check mark that you spend $9.99 a month for. I might even get one. But thinking about getting a blue check mark,
1: I deserve a blue check mark.
0: I just noticed her lampshade. It kind of goes along with the Christmas theme, doesn't it? It's Christmas every every day of the year at that place. So there's that. He's also working on this XChat, which is the app that would compete with WeChat, which is the big app for China. Everything's done through WeChat. Elon Musk is potentially looking at XChat to be kind of, kind of a universal portal to do all these things through. And don't sleep on something like Doge. He owns a shit ton of Doge. And he could have his own uh, decentralized currency running through Twitter, through XChat, So Elon Musk is set up to create parallel systems. This is what's going on here. Parallel systems to take on the YouTubes. And who knows, maybe it's this Saturn transit going through his eighth house, conjuncting his moon. I still don't trust him. But at the very least, he's interesting. And it gives us uh, something to talk about and puts people like, Yoel Roth in the spotlight because they need to be put on the spotlight. These people are cockroaches and they need to have the light shown on them. They're fucking cockroaches. And we've been living in a cockroach society for a long time. It's gotten worse. Way worse. So Jason Whitlock had an interesting conversation last night. We're going to get to Brazil here in a second. Jason Whitlock was talking about, we're getting into some sports minutia here. I'll talk about some people you probably don't even know. Some of you might, but over on um, FX1 or Fox Sports, that was the network that Jason was at prior to eventually
1: winding up on the blaze. And the big show over
0: there is um, I don't even know the name, but it's just like, it doesn't really matter, but this was Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. And Skip is a Sagittarius. His brother, Rick is a famous chef and specializes in cuisine from Mexico, specifically Oaxaca and Skip sports writer. And for a very long time, he was a guy that was a contrarian. And he would always write articles
1: that were not
0: always um, laudatory. He didn't shake the pom poms. He, you know, he shook the branches. So he got a reputation for being that guy bounced around a lot Uh, Dallas morning news, I think, or the Dallas star wrote for the Chronicle. I think he wrote for one of the LA papers and eventually he got booted up to ESPN and he did a show called first take uh, with Stephen A. Smith. And it was the birth of the debate format in sports. So eventually skip is offered a better deal. By Fox Sports, and to recreate the show with Shannon Sharp, who I can't stand. And they got into it recently, and Skip
1: um, insulted Shannon by saying
0: that Tom Brady was better than him. And Shannon didn't like it. So they had this show yesterday with uh, Jason, and Jason's Thesis was that if Shannon was a true believer and a man of God, Skip's stuff wouldn't matter. It would just wash over him. But because he's so invested in his ego and his attachment to his accomplishments or whatever, um, it creates a shaky foundation. So Skip was rattling his cage, right? Pardon the bad association there, but that's what it is. So then he had Royce on, and Royce is getting more radical every day. He, he, and he's got this new setup where he's sitting in this chair, and he, he looks like
1: part uh, revolutionary
0: general, in part, guru. Like, this is the new persona for Royce White. And Royce had some good points. And he talked about, and Jason said, well, in Christianity, you you turn the other cheek. And I think even Elon Musk brought that up. Bringing it back to Elon Musk, he, he realized the wisdom of turning the other cheek. And... Royce basically said, well, you know, those were different times. The political climate is not even close to what it is today. And we don't, have, we don't have the luxury of turning the other cheek now. Now we have to fight back. I think Royce is right. But the other cheek thing also makes a lot of sense energetically. You can show somebody, I've done it. I've experienced it. I've turned the other cheek and turned a person. They were my friend forever after that moment. There's, there's a there there, but we've also come to this place where, unfortunately, people are just going to wipe their shoes on us
1: culturally. So Royce has, Royce has a point.
0: You, you look at the, the politics and the morality of what, whatever was going on when they wrote these tracks, it's a different world. It's a very different world. Torches and bitchforks or bitchforks and torches. People are pissed and they're not going to take it anymore. Let me see what I can find on Brazil. You know, the media is really not covering Brazil.
1: The, The media up here is just not. Paying attention to what's going on in Brazil. So this was four days ago. And you're going to get mainstream media news. Bolsonaro basically got Trumped. Let me see if I can find this.
0: So Brazil is in an information war, and Bolsonaro has has been essentially taken out like Trump was taken out, um, and he's claiming that the election interference stemmed from outside of Brazil.
1: This is from uh,
0: news.sky.com, military intervention now. If you've been following the Brazilian election, this will now be a familiar phase. Lula da Silva's electoral victory over right wing and company, I hear Bolsonaro in October, prompted demonstrations from the former president's most ardent supporters in over 70 Brazilian cities. Many claimed that the election was a fraud, that Brazil was stolen. Sound familiar? And called for the military to step in. Five weeks on, demonstrations continue but it dwindled online. However, these calls are stronger than ever. Experts have told Sky News the election result has made calls for military coup, the dominant narrative among Brazil's online far-right groups, which on Telegram have increased, seen increased radicalization. In them, we found baseless claims that a coup is imminent or even already underway, circulating in forums with a combined following of over 300,000 And with Lula's upcoming inauguration on 1 January, sound familiar? Experts say we can expect to see this kind of discourse escalate. Again, we're talking bitch forks and torches. You're not going to get the information out of Brazil that that you're going to need. Because people are fucking pissed. They're pissed. And Bolsonaro is an Aries he's not like Trump. He is not like Trump. He's not above using the army, using the police, using whatever tactics that are available to him in order to either stay in power, right the wrongs, whatever. Now, it may just be another series of optics and, you know, psychological operation. But he's an Aries, and Aries do not like to lose. That's number one. And number two, they never apologize for the things that they do. It's very rare. I was surprised that Kyrie Irving even went down that path. They must have really put a shit ton of pressure on him. That's all I can say. In order for him to even moderately apologize for that bullshit that happened with him in his tweet. He's been very quiet on the tweeting front lately, hasn't he? So that's another bitch forks and torches moment. Now they're saying also in Brazil that uh, the protesters.
1: Look at this. This is from
0: four weeks ago. Green outside, red inside. Brazil, Brazil's army irked by communist watermelon jabs.
1: Red right on the inside. They're not happy. Lula wants to uh, cut down on the
0: uh, army. So now we got supporters of Brazil's defeatable scenario attack police headquarters. We don't know this. Who knows who they were? I mean, this is part of the problem in the information age. We're beyond the information age, the information saturation age. Reuters witnesses saw Bolsonaro supporters, many in their trademark yellow national soccer jerseys, who were draped in Brazilian flags, confronting security forces at police headquarters. Police first fired stun grenades and tear gas to disperse the crowd. You know they could be running the same program in Brazil that they ran on January sixth. It's a it's a it's a it's a common tactic but it's also a different country and it's a different guy and we're not getting the full, the full story. Now, will Bolsonaro be successful? Will he flip the army? See in South America, having the army on your side is very different than it is in the United States. Cause you can pay them off here. They can get paid off through government contracts that's how the army's paid off here they'll be loyal to the president that just keeps throwing money into the military budget the military yeah we'll be loyal to you just keep just keep spending on us we're good brazil you can actually fucking pay people south america you can pay people that'll happen so could they do it in brazil absolutely So another bitch, forks, and torches moment. People aren't happy there. So they're not happy in China because of zero COVID. They're not happy in Brazil because of another farcical election. They're not happy um, outside of Yoel Cohen's house. It's in the air. They're not happy in Arizona. I can tell you that right now. And we're not through this yet. We've got until January 13th. Until Mars, when Mars goes retrograde. Who was it about turning? It was, it was, it was yay. Who was talking about turning the other cheek. It wasn't, it wasn't Musk. Speaking of yay, let's play a little yay. Since we're getting down to the end of the show here. Cause I wanted to, this is, he's fucking hilarious. He, to me, yay is one of the
1: most punk rock, um, performance artist he's a performance artist on the planet he's a punk rock performance artist so this video comes from him uh being outside of church if we could grab this Hold on here. I got to go to YouTube. It's right here. this is from yesterday. Let's check in with uh, the artist formerly known as Kanye West.
0: This this is LA, Calabasas.
2: We need to be very clear. Christ is king. And to all my Catholic brothers and sisters, I'm not going to have no conversation about the saints. I'm not going to have no conversation about Mary. We're going to only have conversation about one. We're only have a conversation about one being that is Jesus Christ, who is Lord, and that is the focus. It's simple. There's no other books, textbooks, movies, iterations of it. It is simple. On Easter, He rose. We can go back and forth. Hey, we feel like it's less Christmassy now. Like, we don't even know if Christmas is really Christmas. There's a lot of arguments out there about if it's not. but we know that the Lord rose. That is the focus, and it's through that that I design better, that I create communities better, that I make better decisions, and that I love harder. This, this is the time I feel so blessed to be used by God in a situation like this. And when we pray, we pray with open hearts and not condescendingly. There's something that I really don't like is when a Christian, instead of cursing, they say, I'ma pray for you. <laughs> He's right. All my Christians out there know when people do that, but they're really being condescending. They got, you know what I'm saying? They got those condes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They got those <laughs> condescending prayers, right? So. They say, "I'm gonna pray for you." Let's pray in good spirits and good wills. I'm a, I'm a young Christian. I'm I, I'm not the best designer and the, the the uh the best theologist. I love Jesus. I love God. I love family. I love my family. My family have been destroyed by Satan. Period. you know, we want to pinpoint human beings, but. It's time for us to love. It's time for us to hug each other. Let me show you this image that I made that I'm working on right now.
0: This is hilarious.
2: What do you think of that? (laughs) (laughs) I got another one. What about this one? (laughs) Wow. God the glory. Praise God. Okay. Praise God. Give the God the glory. In Jesus name.
0: Amen. Amen. He is the most entertaining fucking person on the planet right now. I mean, here he is. He probably even cut out those isolates himself. Let let, let me cut these isolates out. I want people to see my eyes now. So he, he probably cut those isolates out. He looks like Black KKK or a Middle Eastern terrorist. I mean, there's all kinds of strange associations with with that mask and that face. And then he just goes full hardcore Jesus. And then he whips out Hitler and Einstein hugging it out. Is there anybody more entertaining right now? And in a lot of
1: ways, very effective.
0: Because you could dismiss him, and you could say, "Well, he's crazy," do all those things. He's not crazy. I'm telling you. He, I think he's inspired. He's inspired, and he has been uh, just lightning fast with calling out hypocrisy. Lightning fast. So, I'm entertained, and I'm loving it. Nobody, growing up. In the 60s and the 70s, you would have people that would do weird shit every now and then. Like Marlon Brando sending Sachin Littlefeather, you know, up to the uh, the dais to tell the Academy that uh, Brando wasn't going to accept the award for best actor. She wasn't even fucking Indian. Came out later, she was Mexican. That's okay. George C. Scott turned down the Oscar for Patton; didn't accept it and feel like it was something that morally he could do. You had um, John Lennon and Yoko staying in bed for what a month or something
1: in Canada. The peace in Lennon
0: would take out uh, billboards, give peace a chance. There was a time when celebrities would do weird shit. And they would kind of shake people up a little bit. And then everybody just started to play it safe. Play it safe. Play it safe. Stay on the payroll. You know, keep that that seat warm on Oprah's couch. Safe, 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 safe.
1: But not, not this guy.
0: Not this guy, he's a throwback. He's a throwback, and he is um, vastly entertaining. And uh, I, I, I support what he's doing. I really do.
1: He's being provocative and loving. So, hopefully,
0: we'll get we'll get more good Yeezy content before the end of the year, and I could bring it up. And it's just a, it's a beautiful Christmas, and I love the fact is we don't even know if Christmas was on Christmas. Yeah, that's right. You know, I had somebody attack me on Facebook.
1: Not Facebook, I'm sorry, Twitter.
0: He said astrology's he's you know, patriot Christian or some shit like this, and he's got a he's got a thumbnail of cack, Okay, you know the frog. Pepe the Frog. He's got Pepe the Frog, which is Keck, which is an ancient pagan symbol. And he's attacking me as an astrologer for being a Satanist.
1: Really? That's like, I'll pray
0: for you. And here I am. I've got my picture. My thumbnail is on Twitter in the image of God. And yet he's Pepe the Frog. Who's closer to Satan? question mark I, look I I support Christians I support them I support their message I support their undying universal love I support their sacrifice I support their service I support them 100 percent I support them more than they support me and I support them more than society fucking supports them. And I just don't get the, uh, the hypocrisy around it. And maybe that's always been the beef around organized religion. Thank God I stayed out of that trap. Use your head in order to so feel your heart safe possible. I'll be back tomorrow. Um, and I'll have some shows to link to by the end of the day. See you. Take care. Bye for now.